Welcome back to the Idiom Podcast. My name is Connor O'Brien. If you're new here, this is a show where we interview artists, producers, and industry experts, really anyone who we feel can help you grow as a producer. As always, this episode is brought to you by EdmProd.com, an online resource dedicated to teaching electronic producers the tools and tactics needed to make better music. If you want to level up your production skills, whether it's learning the basics, writing better music, improving your mixes, or developing a more creative mindset, we've got you covered. Now, in this episode, I have a chat with DJ Bossy, who's half of the duo Cosmic Gate. Cosmic Gate is a Grammy-nominated electronic music duo who's been at the top of the dance music industry for over 20 years. So if you're a fan of electronic music, you're surely aware of these legends. And just given how long they've been successful in the industry, it was a pleasure to be able to chat with DJ Bossy just to gain his insights and advice for newer producers. Now, in this episode, we start off with Bossy's background, discussing what the DJ and production scene was like for him during the 80s and 90s. We talk about the chance encounter that he had with Nick Shangal, which he teamed up with to create the Cosmic Gate project. We also discuss what their early vision was for Cosmic Gate, or really a lack thereof, and how they turned it into a full-time career. We spend a while discussing the decisions that helped them to stay relevant in the dance music industry for so long. We really focus in on how they stayed true to their original vision for the project while adapting to the evolving scenes within the industry. We also discuss how they maintain motivation to continue with the Cosmic Gate project and what their focus is for it in 2020. On the production side, Bossy offers his best advice on how to find your unique signature sound. He also discusses what he does and doesn't like about producing in the box, diving into the pros and cons of working in the digital domain as opposed to the analog domain that he got his start in. Overall, Bossy offers a wealth of advice for newer and experienced producers alike, and I can't wait for you to listen to the interview. As we slide into the interview, I'll play you Cosmic Gate's latest single. It's a track called Universal Love Out Now on Black Hole Recordings. It's a phenomenal track. Definitely go stream it if you're a fan. With that, let's wrap things up and get to the interview. Here's the EDM Podcast with DJ Bossy of Cosmic Gate. Welcome back to the EDM Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Bossy, who's one half of the duo Cosmic Gate. How are you doing today? Uh, super good, and thanks for having me. Of course. So to start, I'd like to learn a bit more about your background with music. You can go back as far as you'd like, but I'd like to learn what got you into music and later on music production, and then obviously moving on to form the duo Cosmic Gate. Oh, wow. How much do I have? An hour or two? <laughs> <laughs> Just sum up 20 years for me in the next 60 minutes. Uh, okay, all good. Okay, uh, yeah, where, where do I start? I think we all, we all when, when we have like siblings, I, I think the parents and or the siblings are very important when you got like, I had an older sister and she she listened to her stuff and I was just, nah, I wasn't eventually into basity rollers or something or yeah. or the police. And I I started to develop my my taste pretty, pretty early. Uh, so 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 it went right away. Uh, yeah. early electronic stuff like like craft work, which is from from the city of Düsseldorf. Uh, where we, where Nick and me both uh, grew up, very close to, uh, and things, things like that. Yeah, so, so maybe I should say thank you to her. <laughs> thinking <laughs> about it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then it's, then it's like, um, I think I was uh, sixteen, and I went to my first, uh, you know, big party, 40, 50 people. It was oh, huge party, and uh, I, I had a good time, just the DJ for my liking. 
it was just whenever people just started dancing, he changed whatever. And he, for me already killed the vibe. And, uh, <laughs> so my friends were like, Oh dude, your first party, how was it? And I was like, I had a good time. Just who was the guy actually doing the music? And I was like, yeah. um, didn't you like it? I said, no, he played good stuff. Just, just, he totally did it the wrong way. He should have played maybe two or three of the same stuff together and not go from, uh, head banging stuff to, to slow blues and back. And, <laughs> and so, yeah. And, and from that moment on, they were like, Hey, why don't you do it next time? Yeah. And that was the moment that I became the DJ. So at that point, did you have, obviously you had people that were pushing you to DJ, but did you have anyone to learn from? Cause this is kind of in the mid to late nineties, right? No, this is, this, we're talking mid, we're talking mid, mid eighties now. Okay. And, uh, that, so I started DJing that <laughs> we were, we were playing on these old, old turntables. Uh, they, they weren't even CD players or something. And, and, uh, then skip in another two, two, three years. I, I saved all the money in the world and, and got myself like a, like a 1210 MK2. So the, the most famous pioneer turntables. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that was, uh, a highlight for for myself um getting these uh yeah changed changed my life and then yeah i met a i met a buddy of mine and he was into music too and it was learning by doing there was no one that could teach us mixing or or things like that it was there wasn't an internet that there was no one that could help you so we we were just thinking how is this working and then I remember he he picked me up one day in his car and and play hey listen to this and he he mixed in one track into it I was like dude how did you do that and I said I think <laughs> yeah and and I I just corrected in and and then boom and yeah we were we were two 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 nerds literally and yeah learning learning by doing and then a year later I think we we were good enough uh, yeah and then first uh show in a in a real club then you i turned to i turned to be uh lucky enough and be the resident dj there and so on and so on so just the yeah learning by doing being being crazy for it and speak nothing else than hey make music you know, I, I'm 26. I don't have the greatest view on this, but I feel like the barrier to entry was so much higher just because there wasn't that technology. And if you wanted to push through to get to a point where you were able to DJ and produce like your favorite artists in the eighties, you need to, you needed to work so hard. And I feel like that almost like weeded people out at the start. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, I'm, I'm jumping now from, from DJing to production, but back in that time, there was a reason for, for, for us always to, to come up with like, some some three or four guys in the end because the equipment was just way too expensive just yeah. just all the all the drum computers uh these 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 old analog synthesizers it was easily like like you needed like 20 30 40k at least to get some equipment together yeah uh, 303 909 it was it was just 1500 bucks plus 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 and so yeah, we, we were always coming together. Every me bringing my my Juno one hundred six and the other bringing his TV three hundred three and things like that. So you and and these days you're sitting you're sitting there and you have your MacBook and and the world is open to you. It's which is simply fantastic. 
So kind of speeding up, when did the idea of launching like an artist project and producing start to kind of get into what you were thinking about with your career? Well, first of all, I never thought of uh, music in, in career ways. It was just, yeah. I wanted, I wanted to, 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 to play the music. I was more interested than to be on the dance floor or by the bar and, and drink and chase girls. So, <laughs> well, the girls were always coming to the DJ eventually anyways, but that, that was years later when, when being the DJ eventually became, became cool. Uh, yeah. So, you know, when you're, when you're DJ and, uh, this, this techno thing started to happen and I just loved it from, from day one, literally. And, uh, you were playing these tracks and then then it comes like hey how do they do that actually and then you know i i met a friend and he had a he had a drum computer i got a synthesizer and we just experimented like it, it took a year or two and then tracks hopefully were getting a little bit better than when we started it was just i wanted to hear a track on the sound system of my club I played at, which was my own production. And yeah, so that was, that was, it was, it wasn't normal for, for a resident DJ in a club to have his own, to have his own vinyl out, his own release. And, and that was just, that was something we wanted to do. We were two, three guys, as explained before, we were putting our, our equipment together and we were just sitting there and, and, and playing and creating and sampling and 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 listening to 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 new records and thinking oh my god that sounds so good we can never we can never come to that to that level of perfection and yeah eventually a few years later we did had the first release and yeah everything is is step step by step don't nothing nothing happens like uh, okay i want i want to release I get the software, I write a track, and there it is, and yeah. I'm going to be a superstar. I'm, I'm, I'm really speaking <laughs> 15 years in between starting to do something before things really started to be ending up on, on a project like Cosmic Gate in the end. So at what point did music become more of like a full-time career for you? Because it sounds like, you know, you're kind of jumping ahead, you know, a few years you're working on this, a few years you're working on that. Were you working on the side? Were you, um, you know, making enough of a living as resident DJ? Kind of walk me through that. Exactly. That's, that's how it was. And in the end, uh, I went through a three year education process for like an office job. And, uh, on, on, on the side because we were paid pretty poorly <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah you know what what better than than to make some money uh DJing right so it was it was always yeah. just a hobby afterwards I studied and uh that took that was about four years and always during that time to DJ for me was just an easier way to make money in a more fun way than to to do all the other uh, jobs the guys I studied with were were doing yeah. right. Um, so it was fun. I made I made some money, and whenever there was time, or whenever I took the time, <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we went into the studio and 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 worked on our skills and worked on our productions, and then. Once again, it, it took a while. It was an MBA in, in, in marketing. So I, I eventually finished one day and uh, yeah. 
Yeah, then, then you know, you, you, hey, yay, uh, Stefan is gonna <laughs> gonna go have have a job, be be a be a marketing manager somewhere, and then I I went to the family and was like, you know what, guys, I want to try two years to be a professional DJ, <laughs> have one hundred percent of my time and silence. Yeah, everyone was like, "Oh my god!" Like my my sister told me once, she was like, "Oh my god, you you're gonna end up living under a bridge." It's like, <laughs> why why do you throw this? Why you cannot just do two three years and uh, and do do nothing? Be like, "Hey, I was a DJ. No one's interested in it." And uh, yeah, so I I think I followed my my heart. It was a risk, but yeah, yeah, eventually, yeah, it paid off. So kind of moving on, at what point did you first start to think about the Cosmic Gate project and obviously meeting up with the other half of it and Nick? Well, first there was there was no thinking of doing that. It just it really happened. So so to story with 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 Nick and me, I was actually all during during that time that I was kind of talking about before, mm-hmm. I was working for a record label in the city of Cologne in Germany. And Nick seemed to be part of a new project that we signed. Another three or four guys that put all their equipment together. And he yeah. was he was part of that group. And so I happened to meet Nick, just well, knew the other guys, you know, hanging out. He was resident DJ in one club. I was resident DJ in the other. Uh, it was a little bit competition, but whenever he had a night off, he came to, to hang a little with me or I got over there. He was always playing on a Sunday, which which happened to be awesome, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> and yeah, so we, we were sent to hang out just, just for, for a little bit. And uh, But we there was no plan to, to actually do something until that there was a time that, that the label wanted a, a remix in a certain way. And someone, I, I don't even recall how it was, was like, hey, why don't you work with these guys on that remix? And I said, okay. We went there and we could not work on that remix because the back then DAT with, with the vocals, it was what there were some digital beeps on it and clicks and uh, it didn't work. And then Nick's actual two partners, they just left. So we were sitting there and well, it's it's just I remember this so good because it was it was our maybe most life changing moment ever because yeah. we were like so are we it, it was like two or three in the afternoon and we were literally like okay what what's the plan are we hanging here a bit uh, are we gonna have a nap uh, <laughs> are we gonna meet in two days again when when hopefully these vocals uh, will be working and. Yeah, we just happened to 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 be like, oh, let's hang out a little bit, and we played some records. And I was like, dude, do you know this track? Uh, yeah, it's so big. I just got it uh, last weekend, and yeah, then we we were, you know what? Let's 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 sample that that snare drum from the track. It's so big, and then we just we just went on our it, back then. It was the Akai sampler, and and we you know we sampled some. Some, some kicks we, we we doubled them and and we made some really really big kick and and bass line and and just played some some light percussions with it after five minute minutes we we came up with this catchy melody uh, so so an arrangement which today <laughs> five minutes uh, 
most tracks are 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 long done by then but yeah, yeah the melody only kicked in after five minutes but we just love the vibe of this of this track and and hey this is this is awesome it took us three or four hours really like so quick uh yeah these days we need more like three or four weeks for, for <laughs> a track because it's yeah it's just so much more layering and all the effects and it's it's uh yeah it's just a total different way of production yeah but once again long story short we had this track didn't think about nothing there, there was no plan oh this is like this going to be cosmic gate this is going to be the name of the project we didn't even think about that track um it was a few weeks later uh, when when I when I literally uh, played it in my in my in my car and I was happened to be at the uh, EMI big major record company in uh, in Germany so one of the the big ones and uh, I met their dance A and R and he was like hey what's up what's what's new and so yeah nothing much what are you doing yeah looking for new stuff or label. Do you happen to have anything? Like, no, no, no. Oh, wait, what about here? This, this tune here, uh, maybe you like it. And it was, it was so off. What he was normally signing was so off. And I still, I, I just gave him the track and, uh, and yeah, I went and went off the parking, uh, seven, eight minutes later, you know, take the blinker right side, get on the, on the, on the motorway the German autobahn and uh, yeah, my, my, my car phone rang. <laughs> so, hey, Michael, <laughs> long time. <It> was, <laughs> yeah. I spoke to you a few minutes ago. What's up? He said, bossy, shut up. So what's up? He said, if you don't give me that track, I'm going to hang you by the balls. <laughs> That's yeah. Well, I will never forget that. Cause uh, he was like, no small talk business right away. So, okay. Um, yeah, so he happened to like the track. So what track did that end up being? That was the very first Cosmic Gate single called The Drums. So that was, uh, we produced it in uh, October, late October 98. Okay. And it uh, was released in April, May 99. Uh, yeah, that's why last year we celebrated our 20 years. So yeah, as you as you see, there was no plan to work together to DJ together. We we both had like three, four, five projects um, running. We we were we were killing our brain to come up with a with a project name. Uh, yeah, and, and and back then it was actually Stargate, which was a big series uh, which inspired yeah. us eventually for a bit, and then we came up with yeah with cosmic gate and they said hey yeah i like it it's cool it fits this beep, 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 bleepy kind of spacey kind of kind of yeah. sound in it which which made us think about yeah that this spacey kind of direction at first and yeah so we came up with that name still not thinking yeah well that's just another project right this is uh this is just two guys and we we spent three four hours in the studio and another few hours to record some some vocals, which which the A and R was asking for later, uh, so we we were literally just laughing because because the the advance we were getting for the track and the the potential deal for an album was just the highest by far we we ever had. So we were oh my god, this is like 
this is so much, this is the best, the best deal ever. And, uh, yeah. And then, then, um, so we had a name and we, we came out with this vocal, uh, and we were, we, we don't even know why, but just somehow we, we, we had the word cosmic to the cosmic gate in in it. And it was my, brother's friend's girlfriend <laughs> did, did the vocals he's he's in the music industry too so yeah it's all one group of people somehow happen to be together at the right place uh, at the right moment it's so funny hearing that the inception of what became this project that is still having a lasting impact 20 years later was something that just came together randomly because something was broke and you just vibed and you just made up something quick because you're just trying to have fun. Like if anyone listened to the Kashmir episode, he kind of had the exact same story with his song, like a G6. He wasn't really thinking about the song when it came out, didn't really care about it. And because of that, you know, you could think about it like that. It became something great because he didn't overthink it. I just think it's interesting to draw those two parallels. What? 100%. I think, I think, um, it's easy to have a hit. It happens. It's way yeah. harder to, 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 to do the follow-up and, yeah. and come up with the second, third, whatsoever. Cause then it's, it's, uh, if you can do it again, then, then maybe there is talent. A hit can happen. Yeah. The second, the third, an album, second album, etc. Then there, there's, there's maybe some, something more behind it. But, uh, what he said, like, don't, don't put too much brain in it. Let, Creativity yeah. flow is what we say. Don't overthink music. Then if you overthink it, it will never get successful. And yeah, that's that's something we, we try never to forget. So when I posted about this interview, I had a lot of people that wanted me to ask you, how have you stayed relevant for these past 20 years? Obviously, you can't sum it up in a quick answer, but can you just kind of reflecting back, think on anything that you felt was pretty important to you to not just, you know, lasting 20 years, but thriving in the past 20 years where even 19 years in or 18 years in, you just got a Grammy nomination. So you're building and growing and still kind of staying at the top of the scene. So kind of reflect back on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a softball question. It's, Easy. No, it's, no, it's, it's, it, it's something, as I said before, we don't try to overthink, but when it, when it comes to certain decisions, sometimes there is hard decisions. And yeah. for us, it was like, we had the deal with EMI. So the drums got released. Then we got like, exploration of space and firewire and we turned into this oh suddenly we were in the in the top sales charts in england we were playing the biggest pop tv show back then in in european tv and stuff like this and emi back then um they listened to a new track which (laughs) happened to be produced in the same studio by by nick under a project called star splash and which they they were just huge but it was just it was just a hard style meets pop kind of kind of track which was Mm -hmm. fun to listen to but nothing at all which which was somewhere what we wanted cosmic aid to sound like and they literally wanted something from us and we were like no so that's what i mentioned before we had this big album deal there we did an album we had a second album deal which was even better but Mm -hmm. we we were sitting there for one year breaking our contract with the MI because 
we believe in that an A&R and the record company have to, you need to have a, the same view on things. And we, we totally, we knew we lost it. When they asked for, for something, we knew like, guys, we're, we're not on the same road anymore. Or if so, you're on the left and we're on the right side. And it was a nice, it was a nice journey. So we, we stopped it and we started totally, totally independent again. We started our own label. Uh, so, so literally playing top of the pops in, in England with Firewire and exploration of space, uh, being, being huge, being played our video all over and, uh, and then be like, Hey, but we're not going to stay with that record company because they suddenly want something from us that we don't want. We, yeah. we, we, we are not like that music. This is nothing we, we dig back then, like everyone's sound, you know, when there's suddenly music goes from 140 beats down to 128, you're not staying on the 140 or something like that. It, it doesn't just make sense. There are certain, yeah. certain numbers a market gives to you, but we could have easily got full, full EDM and, and maybe live in, in, in <laughs> beautiful houses in the Bahamas now, who knows? <laughs> but we, we, we always said, no, Cosmic Gate is we want to do music, which we personally do like. And for most of, I don't want to diss now, but most of EDM scene, we simply don't think it's, it's a music with, with soul. Something yeah. we want our music to touch people. And uh, EDM is maybe not standing for uh, deeper emotions or something. So that was the second time we, we literally were, were standing there. Hey, what's, what's to do? Because back then the scene was so big that trance for a few years, it was literally, I don't want to say no one was playing trance, but when I say no one was playing trance, you still know yeah. what I, what I mean. It would have been yeah, totally. so easy, so easy to go, but we, we played, kept playing trance. We still had our Vegas residency, but after two years, it was like, Hey, we want you guys to play other stuff. Mm-hmm. We, we cut it down. We, we missed on a lot of money, but we said, Hey, we're not, we're not going to do that. This is, this is not us. So yeah. the, the, art, the artistic perspective for, for Cosmic Gate, we always put it, put it first over, over a paycheck. And yeah, these were the two times, uh, yeah, I could, which are eventually perfect examples for, uh, and we said, no, we, we want to do something we do like because Cosmic Gate is Nick and me. That's our faces. If it's just another project, if we had the time, still because cosmic gate is so time consuming uh to do something else yeah but <laughs> we we simply don't and yeah that's that's how we how we reflect on on cosmic gate and, and the music we want to do so you you mentioned that you're glad that you didn't sacrifice your musicality and vision for the cosmic gate project when things were starting to kind of shift in the edm scene on the other side looking back were there any kind of relatively major or key decisions that you feel like you would have done differently looking back, knowing what you know now? That's actually, that's a, that's a good question. Um, well, we, we have a manager, uh, same manager, Rabea. Hello, Rabea. <laughs> she's our manager. She's <laughs> funny enough. Uh, she's a friend of ours since, since, uh, oh my God, 20, 25, 30, 30 years ago. Jeez. She, she, she went to the same school at that Nick uh, one too. So she's our manager and, uh, since 2003 and we were like, Hey, we should have actually had a manager. 
earlier, but back then as a, well, dance act, EDM act, what, we don't do EDM, but still if I say EDM act, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't normal <laughs> kind of <laughs> to, 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 to have that. Yeah. That's, that's maybe, maybe something, uh, in the, in the early times, but it is what it is. I yeah. guess. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of fast forwarding, obviously there's a lot that we can cover, but in 2018, you received your nomination for um, Best Remix Dance Recording. What was it like for you having spent 20, 25 years in the industry to get, for what is a lot of people, one of the biggest crowning achievements that you can have as a musician? <laughs> it's funny enough, now it's uh, one and a half years later, right? Still, when I, when I hear that, I'm like, Oh wow! Yeah, we we have a fucking <laughs> Grammy nomination. It's um, when you're when you're out there. It's um, you play these big festivals. You you know you're Tomorrowland and 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 EDC yeah. and this and this and that. You play these these big clubs and and I said sometimes we all tend to take things for granted, I guess, and we try we try not to. But I I remember when 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 the news when the news came that. Uh, the only road remix was nominated that we were like, Oh wow. This is, this is, yeah, it's, it's definitely a different, a different level. Cause, um, yeah. once again, we're, we're, we're some, some guys that do, that do dance music in the end. Um, it's, there's, there is no, there is no yards. There is no multi-million dollar business. We do trance music and, um, yeah, and then suddenly you have a Grammy nomination. So that that was that was was and still is uh, is mind blowing. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, it's it's hard to hard to to explain and speak your mind, your feelings, even more not in your in your native tongue. But yeah, yeah. We, were, <laughs> we were both and still are stunned. And yeah, it's it's just a super super awesome achievement. We're we're very very proud of. Well, so I got a couple um, production questions that I want to ask you. I uh, pulled people in our Facebook group about that and I got a few questions that people were really keen to hear your input on. So one question was, what do you feel like has helped you as a group kind of develop your unique sound? Because I feel like you've done a really great job sticking true to where Cosmic Gate started, but then also developing it and adapting it to what kind of like a modern production sounds like. So any advice on kind of how you were able to do that? We both like to push limits. That's the one thing. And the second yeah. thing is we both get bored of things easily, which, yeah. which maybe isn't, isn't really good always. Cause, cause sometimes <laughs> you do like three, four, five tracks, which totally sound the same is out there for, for some listeners, for the majority of listeners, maybe, yeah. maybe more easy, but we, we always try when there's a new remix, the next track, we try to, change a little bit where we are very interested in music when there's new influences with uh, something we hear we we like we maybe we we maybe bring it to the next production and there is always like a little bit of a circle of say two years till the new yeah. album and we always feel when you do a new album two years later maybe two and a half we feel if it sounds the same way it's not really good. It, of course, yeah. we have our handwriting as Cosmic Gate, just the way the harmonies, the melodies are 
but still from production kind of uh, standpoint, you, you need to push it forward. Dance music evolves so quickly that, that just, just doing, doing that is very, is very important. Also songwriting uh, changes. We, of course, we're within two, two and a half years, you, you, we might develop as personalities and our personal tastes and music change. And we want something to reflect in our music. And as I said before, we have our cosmic gate handwriting, but when you listen to the drums and the original exploration of space towards your mind, the last, the last uh, single, yeah, it's, it's light years in between, but maybe still you feel, especially when you hear the drums in your mind that there's 20 years, but you still hear that might be these, these guys. And this is, when the guys, I, I knew this is, this is you guys, it's different, but still mm. I, I can feel you guys out on the track. And that's, that's a big compliment when we, when we hear something. So obviously one thing that's changed from the environment that you were talking about in the nineties, where you had your, you know, Juno 106, other people might have an 808 drum machine, the production scene and game has changed completely. So at this point, what are some of the things that you do like about the more digital approach to production that you two regularly use in your workflow? And if you can think about it too, what are some of the things that you're not as excited about that modern, quote unquote, modern producers generally lend on? <laughs> uh, I, I tell you guys something now. We, we, really, <laughs> we really back then uh, when, when, when Nick still uh, had his other studio partners for the first two, three years, we were literally working in shifts. And, and always when we finished, we had to, to, to literally take a sheet of paper and write down like, like the mixer, the mixer settings, like, you know, the mids, the travel, the bass, the effect. So, yeah. So it was a lot of work. So the, to go in general from analog to digital is just something no producer really would want to do again. Now comes the, but the, the sound, the sound simply of some analog, you know, sense is, is unbeaten. And now comes the butt again. Some of the clones now, I think 99% they're, they're the same and literally no one really hears the difference anymore. So, yeah. so and on top of you, when you were sitting in a, in a studio full of equipment in, in, in the, brutal heat summer and on the top all these all these synthesizers were were just working it was just unbearably yeah. <laughs> hot so and now and now these days once again we're we're, we're really just sitting behind a, a, a macbook pro and doing what we do that's that's all we that's all we literally need so it's it's a it was a big step in the right direction so kind of a follow-up question to a lot of what we've been talking about so far is how you've maintained motivation throughout your career. I think for me, I've been in music and producing music for about seven, eight years. And at many times, it's really tough just to kind of keep the motivation and inspiration to continue writing music, to continue adapting, to find new music styles and scenes and genres that I want to be a part of. So kind of on your end, reflecting back, how have you been able to maintain the motivation to continue progressing and growing with the Cosmic Gate project? 
That's 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 a very good question. Um, what what you were saying, you 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 maybe I'm, I'm just assuming now still uh, still or maybe have to find your your own sound that that one thing that everyone knows you for, and from yeah. that moment on, when you're like that's that's the sound, you can progress that that sound. I guess uh, that's that's something for us. Somehow, I I gave a little hint of that before, but we really do things we feel are are cool. We write music for ourselves, <laughs> plus plus the dance floor. Certain things in our songs, you will always hear it. They are made for the dance floor, but like the melodies, the vocals, whatsoever, it's always like we have to like it. We that's it's for us first, and I think. In the end, every every musician does that. If you if you do something unique and you're not you're not copying some, something else, it has to come from your from your own heart, and that's what we what we always do. If it touches us, if there is that moment that we are both feeling, hey, that's really that's really cool. We want to continue. We continue. If we're, it's okay. Okay, it's not good enough. And yeah, yeah. That's that's how we how we do it, and the motivation. Well, <laughs> I, I was giving a hint of what, what I could be doing otherwise. I, I, <laughs> I would sit in an office and then be, be a manager maybe. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't know what, what, I, what the product was I, I'd be working for these days. But I'm just, we, we, we're, just, we're just thankful every day for, yeah, that, that we had the chance and for the life we live and for all the places we've seen so a motivation in the end, of course, we're, we're not like 20 years old that, that spent, like when I was talking about the beginner times uh, with the mixing, we were doing this eight or 10 hours in, in a row, just working on our tricks, this and that. That is, of course, is a little different. But when it comes to, hey, let's do a new single or so, we're, we're not doing 20 hour shifts anymore. But the motivation is just, it's our love for the, for the, for the whole for the whole thing, for trance music, for 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 good club music, say, yeah. um, and and for the scene and for for the lifestyle and for all the options and opportunities we we got given uh, through our DJing and producing. So, kind of catching us up to what you're up to uh, currently in 2020. Obviously, you two are heavy tours with the Cosmic Gate project, but at least for the past few months, that's been slowed down. So I'm kind of curious what you have been up to to kind of fill in that space. Um, one thing that's going to be coming up that um, will have already happened by the time this episode is out is an EDM drive-in that you're doing in Texas. So first off, I got to ask you about that. So kind of walk me through how that came up. <laughs> well, how did this come up? Um, well, actually... Uh our friend Mig, uh, <laughs> we 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 know him for many years. Uh, a lot of you guys know him too, mostly from uh, him being uh, <laughs> on on the Groove Cruise and and uh, running the media team and stuff like this. And uh, he contacted uh, me a few year, a few weeks ago and was like, "Dude, I've seen I've seen uh, these yeah drive-in shows you guys are doing in in Germany. This is just." amazing and i'm like yeah i i only heard about it too i'm in the u.s yeah. i do not know my 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 family tells me there's things like that but yeah it's it's awesome isn't it and he said yeah it is and i got the chance of doing such an event here in san antonio 
would yeah. you guys be interested to play? I was like, of course we are. We play around about, say, roughly 100, 110, sometimes 120 shows a year for 20 years plus. And when yeah. you're suddenly stuck at home for, for months, like, like all of us did, it's good to catch up on sleep. Uh, it's, well, we, we should have work, productions, the radio show, this and this and that. But uh, yeah, so we, we love the idea. And, you know, when there's sit- situation like now, which is as bad as it is, I think uh, we have to make the best out of it. And, yeah. and such a, such a, Drive-in rave is certainly oh, the best I could think of for for now, and so yeah, we we gave it full support right away, and yeah, it's it's happening in, in a few days, and yeah, just just looking forward, and uh, it will be will be different to look on a, a lot of cars instead of smiling faces, but I'm sure <laughs> we see at least the smiling faces uh, in, in 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 the first row. So yeah, it's it's awesome, and it's it's great. People can come together again, and and music brings people together, and, and that's yeah, that fortunately hasn't changed. So I've got a few more questions, and then we'll kind of wrap things up. I got a couple of questions that I want to pitch you that people are asking me, just in terms of kind of overall advice that you might have for newer producers. So first one I want to ask is, do you have any advice on ways to reach like a larger audience and grow a bigger following with your music when you really don't know anyone in the industry right now? Um, I think back in the time when I was speaking about EMI and so I, I fortunately knew the guy and met him on the parking and gave him my, my CD. But these days, um, I think the internet and YouTube, uh, I think if there is a talent just Get your music out, blast it, post it. Uh, you have your own Twitter, you have your own Instagram. Post your music. If there's, hopefully, there your friends help you spread it. Someone, someone with maybe a little influence uh, and taste might 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 hear it. Um, I think it's actually easier these days to to get a voice and be and be heard. But yeah, gotta be eventful (laughs) in in your thinking and uh yeah but but most of all i think it's it's not about uh how you get it out i think it's more important what you get out and and that's that's something most producers should be aware of you need to have your something that that's unique in your in your sound your performance whatsoever you got to stick out with with something and uh we always say, yeah, be unique, be creative, create something own. If you copy, you're always just chasing a trend and you will never be uh, number one and known for something. So a follow-up question is, let's just say a producer just got started with music production a couple days ago. What advice would you give to them to give them the best chance of success moving forward with music and their career? Just, in, just enjoy what you do when there's when there is a certain talent, the talent will will develop. You're gonna find your way. Just really enjoy what you do. No, no, no pressure. Just you will get a feel for how how good you are, and and hopefully you got friends with a <laughs> with an honest opinion <laughs> that will yeah. back you up or or tell you, hey, keep, keep it as a hobby. Yeah, hard hard to answer question, but I, I said it. I, I guess pretty much at the beginning. Uh, the first year or two or three, I think uh, our stuff was terrible, and 
maybe it happened. I hear Martin Garrix literally. <laughs> His first <Yeah>. track <laughs> was Animals. I, it's hard to believe for me, but uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe there's another one out there. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So we talked about the EDM drive-in that you two will be performing at in at the end of this week. But outside of that, what's going to be coming up for you in the summer and kind of towards the fall? Well, that's that's a good question. We it's it's hard to plan what's what's happening next week uh, in the current situation. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we 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 have like uh, just a show uh, for sure coming up in Croatia. Uh, which which we're looking forward to. It's an outdoor event in general. I think a lot of things will happen in the summer, late summer, but everything will be outdoor. Patios, maybe boats, maybe maybe pools. I hear the Cosmo opened 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 the pool. Marquis is doing that day pool. You know, you 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 get like little hints here and there and. Uh, I think the outdoors is a smart place to be under the current situation. Um, so yeah, and maybe more is happening, but in regards to what we do in fall, if there is any shows whatsoever, I honestly do not know. Yeah. I hope so, but I don't know. get that. Sweet. Well, with that, we will wrap things up for this episode. You can all find Cosmic Gates music in the description of this podcast. So go give that a listen as this episode is just about over. Stefan, it's been great chatting with you. Appreciate you being on the show. That was awesome. Thank you so much. 